Yo, it's Nick Ruiz, twice self-made real estate entrepreneur. Came up once from scratch in my late teens, built over a million dollar net worth. The 2008 crash forced me into bankruptcy. Then I bounced back quickly again after bankruptcy. This is success from scratch. We talk entrepreneurship here, money, financial literacy, business building, psychological and chess player warfare, real estate entrepreneurship, economic evolution, the laws of it, survival of the fittest, sales and persuasion, anything success. I don't care where you are. Pay attention. Listen up. This is success from scratch for you. Okay, guys, so I've been getting a lot of feedback about the um, the Deal Breakdown podcasts, and I think it's inspired a lot of people and showed people that you can get very creative. In fact, I'm going to share with you probably the most creative deal I've ever done to date, and I've done, I don't know, 500 plus deals, and it's really, really, really interesting, and it should inspire you to show you that anything is on the table in real estate, and if nothing else proves it, this specific deal will. And I did it, I think, when I was 20 or 21 years old. I can't remember. It's a long time ago. Um, back definitely in my early, early days um, when I still had no money, not much credit. You know, I was still building on the very early end of things. And I, uh, it just, it was a very unique deal. I'll never forget it because of how I structured it. So, you know, people cry, Nick, I don't have money. I don't have credit. I don't know construction. I don't know all this stuff. And, uh, you know, this deal was beautiful. This deal was really beautiful. I cash flowed for a while, and then I pocketed a lump sum of cash as well. So I got the both benefits of real estate, cash flow, and then lump sum of cash to move forward. Uh, and in the early days, I, I did sell a few of my rentals because I needed that cash to grow. Now, now with the, all the knowledge that I have and all the knowledge I can convey to you, you don't necessarily always have to do that. You know, my knowledge base when I first started was more limited. I didn't have anyone to teach me, so I just was like, "Oh, I'm out of cash. Let me liquidate some stuff to grow." You don't need to do that anymore. There's a lot of resources available, a lot of private money, hard money, partners, different things you can do to grow without necessarily having to liquidate earlier assets to finance new ones. You can do that. That's a decent strategy too, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I was forced to do that. I had no choice because I didn't. I just wasn't informed back then on a lot of things. I, everything I'm teaching you has been 20 years of school of hard knocks, meaning I just trialed and errored my way to where I am now. I mean, you know, I picked up bits and pieces from people here and there. But the point is, I didn't have anyone to straight up guide me, like, do this, do that, do this, do that. It was, oh, I'm running out, out of money. Let's sell this. That makes sense. Here's cash. Go down. You know, um, I know how to rent, you know, screening tenants. Just everything I've done has been <laughs> through, I've learned through many, many, many mistakes. Don't regret any of it. Love it. Love the callus it's given me. Love the just... I don't know, the depth of knowledge. There, there's something that experience teaches you that no other outside resource can, meaning course, mentors, books, doesn't matter. Externally is Learning externally is beautiful. We, you know, It's a great shortcut, but there's something that hands-on doing and learning yay or nay. When you touch something, yay or nay? Did this work or did this not work? And sometimes when it doesn't work, it's very painful. And, that, and I believe in that kind of learning. I genuinely believe in that kind of learning because it enters your bones, I call it. I don't know. I, there's nothing else. I, there's no great way to explain it, but it just enters your bones. It gets deep within you, and it's a certain type of knowledge and wisdom that cannot be learned through external resources. So 
I love that's why I'm that's why rough draft moves is my thesis. By the way, if you have not got, I've just been getting. Uh, I spoke at an event recently, and um, you know everyone got a copy of my book, Success from Scratch, and it's not a real estate book, but this book goes way beyond that. Meaning, this is the foundation of the psychology of you growing your business and succeeding. Like you read this book, you're like, oh, I can go out there and create anything I want. And my quote unquote lack of resources is not a problem. So seriously, get that book, Success from Scratch. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, bookstores. It's everywhere. Anyways, um, but you know, anything's on the table is really what I want to get to. And this deal is going to prove it. So instead of just saying, hey, anything's on the table, create any deal you want and have a hypothetical, I wanted to give you an exact scenario that I used um, in my early days. But again, just going back to the way you learn, that's why Rough Draft Moves is my thesis. I dedicate a chapter to it in that book. And it just talks about, you know, making a move without knowing everything. And then just, you know, analyzing the wake you made behind you and modifying your strategies from there. You know, take out a small percentage of what worked, weed out the rest, build on that, then make another rough draft move. And then you build, take more and build on that. And pretty soon, after that experience is going to make you much more sharper and wiser than any book will. I promise you. That's why reading and all that is great and courses and mentors. But if you combine that with massive action and rough draft moves, knowing you're going to make mistakes and learning from those, that's the holy grail. Picking up the shortcuts externally and then learning internally through trial and error, put that together, boom, greatness will emerge, seriously. And success will emerge. Very, very important to understand. You know, don't get obsessed with all the external knowledge. The biggest issue I see with people is they're so obsessed with learning on externally. You got to take that and you got to move. And then you take some and then you make a move. And then you make a move. And then you make a move. You know, most people are just sitting stale. So anyways, let me highlight this deal. And again, the reason I'm breaking down a few of these deals on these episodes is because I've been getting a lot of good feedback on it. I mean, people love it. You know, you got something else to say or you want me to say something else? Very simple. DM me on Instagram at Alpha Home Flipping and uh, we can talk further and, you know, maybe produce an episode about this, that or the other, you know, but make some suggestions, highlight, you know, uh, drop a, a rating and review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, wherever you're listening. So anyways, there is a deal and it was a it was a mixed use deal, meaning meaning that it was um, there was a closed bar restaurant downstairs. Very small. wasn't huge. Closed bar restaurant downstairs. And then it had uh, a one-bedroom unit behind it, residential, obviously. And then it had a three-bedroom unit above it. So if you can kind of picture that, the front was like the bar restaurant. There was a small one-bedroom unit behind it and a three-bedroom upstairs. Obviously, when it's, this was built, probably 80, 90, 100 years ago, you know, these people literally built it like, hey, we're going to run our place in front and then we're going to live in back. You know, that's how a lot of these uh, people did it back in those days. So anyways... The bar restaurant was dark. Nothing was happening. It was closed, and I, you know, I had no interest in any kind of commercial activity. And it was kind of a cool floor plan, real open and cool. So, anyways, I found out about this through a friend of mine. It was not listed on the market, and he, um, this owner, inherited this property. The whole thing was vacant, needed a lot of work. And what is this guy going to do? You know what I mean? He inherited the property. There's some mixed-use building. It needs a lot of work. He's not a landlord. This guy just works a regular job. He wanted nothing to do with this building. So he was very motivated to get rid of it. So I I went to look at it. Very nice older gentleman. Very nice guy. Um, and he just explained a situation. He's like, I, I can't do anything with this. This is just not for me in any way, shape, or form. 
And if you really think about it, it's just a, for the average person, something like that's a total headache. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So anyways, I thought about it. And this was, again, very early in my career. Um, I was only probably a year or two in my real estate uh, investing career. And I was like, you know what? There's upside here. And I think he was asking, he, he said he was asking $59,000 for this. Um, and you know, it was hard to comp because of the mixed use, but I figured it was worth about, I don't know, 180 to 200. Maybe back in those days, this was like, you know, early 2000s, 2000, 2001 ish, somewhere in there. And, anyways, I think his rough asking price was $59,000. So I kind of hemmed and hawed. I'm like, how do I do this? Like, it needs a lot of work. You know, I think it needed like $50,000 in work. And, you know, I couldn't just go to the bank and get a loan because it needed so much work and it was mixed use and banks, you know, frown upon, you know, funky stuff like that. I mean, you can get a bank loan, but especially me in my early days without any experience really to prove to them, um, I um, I just knew a bank wasn't going to be like, oh, sure, this totally, this building that needs to be totally remodeled uh, and it's mixed use. Sure. Here's your loan, buddy. So. I kind of had to get creative. And here's, again, this is probably one of the most creative seller financing slash land contract deals I've ever done. Um, and I've done a few of them, but this one really stood out. And I, I literally, I mean, it's what, 19 years later, or 18, 19 years later, whatever it is. And I'll never forget it. So I called the guy up and I thought about this. You know, I thought about what I could do and just, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to ask for the world and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like I had nothing to lose, you know, all he could say was no. And I move on to finding another deal, but I knew there was upside here. So I wanted to create something. So I told the guy, I said, listen, you want 59 grand. <laughs> I was like, I'll give you 62. He's like, okay, I'm listening. But I go, here's what I need in return. I'm gonna, So I made it look like I'm willing to give you something more, but I need a few things in return. And a few things they were. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's It just makes me smile when I think about this because I'm like, damn, how did I even ask for all this? But anyways, here's what I did. I said, I'll give you 62, three grand more. But I'd like you to do a land contract, you know, a.k.a. seller finance it, meaning he's the bank, meaning I don't need a bank to come in and finance this purchase. I need no money down. I need no interest, meaning principal only. And here's the ultimate kicker. And no payments for one year, 12 months of zero payments. And he's like, oh, wow, okay. And I, I, I you know, and it's so long ago, I can't totally remember how re he reacted, but it was something he, quote, he obviously had to think about, okay? He didn't just, oh, yeah, let's do it. Meet me. But, um, He's like, let me get back to you. And he, I guess he had to consult his probate attorney or his family or whatever he had to do. And he was very motivated. I do know that. Like, this dude did not want this building. So he calls me up and he, uh, he's like, you know what? And again, I told, I, I'm kind of paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact conversations. But I remember he reached back out like a week later. And he's like, you know what? I, I need to get out of this. Write that up. And I was like, what? I almost was like scared. I was like, because this was a bigger project and uh, it almost made me nervous that he accepted it. It was one of those, which, you know, in, in your early days, by the way, you're going to experience that. A lot of you people listening, um, when you first get your first deal under contract or whatever, it's almost going to, it's going to be exciting, but it could, it could feel a little scary. That's kind of how this one was. I was excited, but somehow my nerves elevated, I remember. And I was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing this. Uh, 
because it was just a bigger project at the time for me. Probably the biggest project that, you know, I was a year or two in and it was a big renovation, um, big project um, for me at the time. So he goes, write it up. And I go, okay. <laughs> so I wrote it up with all those terms and he signed it. And I think I had an attorney roughly help me with some of the terms at that point because I wasn't too savvy on how to structure that exactly. But the point is, drew up an offer. He signed it with all those terms. And then I think we closed a couple weeks later. And I was like 20, I think, at the time. And this attorney that I used to draw up some of this stuff really liked me. We kind of hit it off. And uh, I should reach out to him. I don't know if he's still in business. Just to see if he remembers this deal because he probably would. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So anyways... This attorney, I meet him at his office before the closing, and he drives me in his Cadillac to the closing because um, he just wanted to. He's like, why don't you stop at my, you know, again, I was a young guy. He was literally in his, like, 60s, and he's been in real estate forever. And he probably, you know, it's one of those where he's like, hey, let's have a chat in the car. So anyways, he goes, come to my office, and then I'll drive you to the closing in my car. So we drive, and he had this Cadillac, and we drove to the closing. And before, while on the ride to the closing, he goes, I've been an attorney for almost 40 years in this business. He goes, I've never seen this before, just so you know. And he just, he, he broke down. He's like, I've never seen this before. I cannot believe the seller signed this offer. It's absolutely unheard of. And um, I just want you to know that. And he goes, you know, when we go in the closing, I remember him saying something along the lines, and it's so fuzzy because it's so long ago, but he said something like, uh, you know, just, <laughs> I can't remember, but it felt like something about along the lines of, you know, keep a straight face or something. I want to say it was really weird. Uh, like just, you know, don't act like this is abnormal, you know, just play it cool. That kind of thing. He's like, just play it cool. I know you're excited to do this deal. And, uh, with the deal you got is unbelievably extraordinary, but he goes, but, uh, just hold it in and, uh, you know, just keep a straight face and, and sign the documents. And that's that. He gave me some some type of advice like that, and again, I wish I knew exactly what he said, but it, I, it was along those lines, and it was pretty crazy, and I was like, oh, okay, so he just kind of confirmed, like, I've never seen anything like this before, and he's been doing this 35, 40 years, so we, we, you know, we do the closing, and then in a nutshell, I was like, wait, so how do I fix this place up? I need money. Well, I convinced a local, very small local community bank to give me a line of credit on the building with a after repair appraisal and it took a lot of convincing but they ended up it was the bank that I banked at you know it was the bank that I had my money at so um which wasn't a ton at the time you know but uh I was like I need a line of credit kind of like when someone occupies a building and um you know that that's what I need and I think I got a $40,000 line of credit on the building and I used that to then remodel the building and I think I sold it for about $145,000 so the reason I wanted to highlight a lot of this is because and I, I don't need to go into depth on all the other stuff but uh, on the you know bumps in the road the workers I mean there were headaches along the way but the point is the reason I love this business and I love real estate so much is because anything's on the table and this deal proves it. You know, so many people reach out and they're like, Nick, but me, but this, but poor old me, I can't do it because of X and Y and Z and I have all these problems in my life and blah, 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 and on and on this thing goes. And just remember, like, I'm not the guy to complain to about that because I've been broke and built an empire. And then I went bankrupt at, after the 2008 crash and built it up again. Uh, and on top of that, anything's possible. Like literally in this business, two, a, a buyer and a seller can agree on anything. 
and just put it in writing and it can be executed. I mean, you talk about customization, anything is on the table. And this deal proves it. And maybe there's some more exotic deals someone could, uh, you know, bring to my attention that they've done and we can talk about it or whatever. But the point is, anything is on the table. I proposed something and someone agreed to it. (laughs) That can be executed. There's no rule book for this. There's no, you know, list of acceptable terms in the, you know, government of real estate and you have to stay within these lines. That's no, no. So no money and no credit is an option. And this is just one example of how to structure a deal with no money or no credit. I mean, there's a zillion ways to make money in real estate with no money and no credit. Here's just a beautiful example of that. Um, You can, you know, work with this. You can do, you know, seller financing, wholesaling, hard money lenders, private money lenders, partnerships. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways to cut the pie when you're starting with no cash and credit. Here's just a beautiful example. I could have done a multitude of things too. I could have kept this property. Uh, and by the way, I actually, it took almost a year to remodel this place, I think. Or no, no, it took, let's see. I, let, let me back up. Let me just, you know, now these things are coming back to me. So the first thing I did to get revenue coming in was have my guy remodel the upstairs three unit, the three bedroom, the three bedroom unit. And then what that did was that uh, brought in, I think, 900 a month. So that way I had 900 a month coming in while the rest of the building was being fixed up. Then he fixed up the rear unit. I rented that. And then I remodeled that front bar unit into a cool loft style um, residential unit. So it turned into a three unit building and I didn't, I never rented that one out. Um, so it took a year to get the top and rear unit remodeled, which is ridiculous and should never have happened, but I was new and went through a lot of bumps and bruises and that's how long it took. So after I got the 900 upstairs and I think I got 550 in the rear unit. So I was collecting 1450 a month. As soon as he finished that front unit, I'm like, this front unit, we made it look really badass. It was like a bachelor pad, just big open area because it was a bar and restaurant. And it turned into a walk-in shower, really killer unit. I'm like, you know what? Because my original intentions were to rent that and then keep it as a rental, which I could have done. I could have called the banker then, slapped a long-term mortgage on it, and uh, held it as a rental and cash flowed. But I again, I needed to. I felt like I needed to grow and I was out of capital, so I sold it. I walked away with like 30, 40 grand, whatever it was, and then moved on. And I, it took over a year, which is ridiculous again, but it, it is what it is. That's how, you know, I you live and learn. So anything's possible, guys. This deal shouldn't, like, if, if, I, if I wrote down on paper and said, I'm going to do this with this deal and this is how it's going to be structured, 99 out of 100 people have been like, you're not doing that. That's, that's not going to happen, period. But it did. You know, I have a... Um, a picture on my wall here in my office. Impossible only means you haven't found the solution yet. Okay? That's reality. That that's that's literally a fact. That's not a fun thing to hang on a wall that you get to like say, but it's not exactly literal. That's literal. Any two parties can agree on anything in this business. Remember that. So um I'm glad, you know, I'm hoping you got value from this. Again, reach out on Instagram at Alpha Home Flipping and DM me uh, if you got value from this. And, you know, I'd love to highlight more stuff like this. I got a lot of different directions now. I think I want to go with the podcast to help you guys out. But don't raise your hand and say, Nick, my problems are so big, I can't do this. Or I don't have any cash or credit, X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. You're not working hard enough. You don't want it bad enough. I I, I wanted real estate success so bad in those early days, I did anything. In this particular deal, I was like, you know what? I'm going to propose this. And it's going to happen. I'm going to make this a reality. And it was. And it was a reality. And again, a 40-year veteran attorney in real estate um, complimented me. And, uh, you know, so my point is, believe in yourself. 
a lot of this comes down to you don't believe in yourself. You doubt yourself. Did I have doubts back then? Yes. But then when he signed that offer, and then I had a veteran real estate attorney confirm how genius it was. I was like, damn, like, you know, my thoughts and ideas are just as valid as anyone else's. But you doubt him in the beginning, in the early days, because you think, well, I'm just Nick starting. I'm just some small-time schmuck. There's guys who've been doing this forever. Like, why are my thoughts great and valid? Don't think like that. I'm telling you. And I did think like that in the early, early days. I was a young dude, you know, questioning myself, et cetera. And then after you do something like that and everyone's like, dude, that was damn genius, like genius, genius. Uh, it turns, you know, it builds on itself. So I'm, I'm here to tell you, you, shortcut that. And I'm trying to shortcut that out of your mind right now so you don't have to worry about that. And I'm telling you straight up, whoever you are, believe that your thoughts are valid because they are. If you have an idea, make it happen. Okay. So leave a rating review. Uh, I like the feedback on Instagram. Listen, reach out to me on Instagram if you like these episodes. Um, not every episode is going to be like a quote-unquote deal breakdown kind of scenario, but there's a couple unique ones I wanted to share, and I got more stuff coming too. But let me know what you want to hear. You know, maybe I interview some people. Maybe I, you know, Vidal will be back on the show where we, he can kind of, you know, chit-chat with me about the current uh, state of everything I got going on. Some people are asking for commentary on the current marketplace and macroeconomics and things and whatever, but... Um, either way, anything's possible. Real estate is the most customizable business there is, meaning if you agree, if you agree and the seller agrees, you're golden. See ya. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Success from Scratch show. Um, I need you to do something very important. Rate, review, and subscribe. You have to actually hit the subscribe button. So you'll automatically get these episodes fed to you wherever you're listening it to. Very, very important to me. It is the literal fuel that keeps this show going and improving, etc. And I thank every one of you for doing that. I really do. It takes 30 seconds of your life. means the world to me. And on top of that, uh, make sure you follow me on my social channels, okay? Because I really engage and respond to almost everyone. I'm like known for it, okay? Uh, Snapchat, at Real Nick Ruiz. YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Nick Ruiz Entrepreneur, Facebook.com forward slash Alpha Home Flipping, and Instagram at Alpha Home Flipping. Those are my hubs where I talk business, entrepreneurship, real estate, etc. all the time. And also head over to successfromscratch.net. You can download some free goodies there, and I will see you on the next episode.